We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Coming to you live, sort of, from the South Towns, the best spot in Buffalo, the South Towns. It's the Rockpile Report with your Week 16 preview, Festivus Celebration. We'll have EJ Snyder from Bootleg, Bears Over Beers, on the podcast later in the show. Drew Gears here, just chugging along through this, through this night of podcasting, Andy Parks. Our personal pastor, also in the house. <laughs> Rockpile Report. Yeah, I, repur- have- I prefer Rockpile Report Chaplain, if chaplain. possible. Chaplain, yeah, yes. there it is. Rock so we got, so we have a Rockpile Report Chaplain. We have a, a Rockpile Report Lawyer. We have a Rockpile Report Personal Chef. Yeah. Listen, we're, we're, we're listen, we're ballers. Those guys that cover one, they have no idea what they're missing. Yeah, we should get, we should get, because it's Christmas. We <laughs> should get everybody in our crew a Rockpile Report medallion. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> guys, it is our eighth annual Festivus Extravaganza and Bears Preview Podcast. We're gonna kick this off with our Bills Week 16 Preview. Buffalo Bills to Chicago Bears. Time, 1 p.m. Eastern at Saturday on Christmas Eve, which seems like a stupid time to play football. I remember the last time they did this, it was against the Patriots in Foxborough, and the refs took a touchdown away from us. The Kelvin Benjamin scored, and the ref got caught on a hot mic telling Coach McDermott, yeah, I can't really explain it. It's just we can't call it a touchdown. <laughs> like, like it's one of the dumber things I've ever seen in my life. Kelvin the, Benjamin had so much, so little to be excited about in the Bills uniform. You took away the one thing he was thrilled about. Yeah, the one play he made for us all year. Right, place Soldier Field in Chicago. The weather, just this abysmally cold, windy day that's going to remind everybody of the New England Monday Night Football game last year. 
Chris, what do we got for a line? Is it still nine? Oh, I haven't even looked at uh, what the what the line is. I would I would assume it's if it's around a touchdown, based on how we've been playing lately. You know you got to take Chicago to cover. Got to take the. It under. is Bills minus nine and a half with the over under at forty and a half. Oh, you take the under. If if the game if it is snowing like it was in the fourth quarter for the entirety of the game, then the oh, the under would be the probably be the play. But and you definitely I, take the Bears at the points. I'm taking the bear. I would take the Bears to cover. Who do we have on the call? Greg Gumble, Adam Archuleta. Is that the D squad? Uh, probably C squad. I mean, we are recording this on Tuesday, and the coverage map doesn't come out till tomorrow. So for anybody that wants to go look at the coverage map to see if the game is being shown locally in your area, tomorrow around noon you can go to 506sports.com, and they'll have the coverage map up to see if it's going to be played in I your area. I feel like area. this isn't going to get played nationally. I feel like this is one of those games where they're like... It might. Get, you know, give them a lame I, squad. I'm looking at the schedule. There are three CBS games at 1 o'clock. The game of the week is on Fox. So, for all markets, you get three games. You'll get the game of the week... You know, if you're in a city that has a football team, you get your team's game and then another game. And I think there's only one other game at 4 o'clock. So, because my parents... See, my parents are in Kansas City for Christmas visiting my brother. Jesus. So they want to know if they're getting... If they'll get the Bills game. And so I'm trying to go through all the games. I'm like, well, Seahawks are at Kansas City on Fox. The game of the week is on Fox. So that leaves the Kansas City market to have one game on CBS. And the other CBS game at 4 o'clock is an NFC game. So in my head, you're not going to show an NFC matchup in an AFC market. And I'm like, you might get the Bills just out of hatred because we have that rival with Kansas City. So did, did Did you watch Always Sunny? A little bit. Am I like Charlie? Are you like he did here? Did he not just sound like Charlie trying to figure out who uh, Pepe Silvia was? Yeah, just in front of the map with the yes. uh, with the, the string in between the pegs. Yeah, yeah yes, yeah, yeah. That's the, this is the, this is where Chris's brain goes. Well, he's All, on vacation now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am on vacation. I don't yeah, have to. Right. I don't have to be back to work until January second. Good for you. God, so when just. it comes to the Bills and the Bears, they don't have a lot of like recent history together. And it's not often we watch them play. Like, I remember a game where we won on, like, a last-second Fred Jackson run where he, like, bodied up. Was it Archuleta? No, no, no. It was, <laughs> no, it was... I don't think Archuleta ever played in Chicago. Okay. I do specifically remember that game because that might have been right when I got into machining and I met... Greg's on, who texts me the most dumbest shit. And I remember him predicting that game being 40 to 9 Bears, that they were just going to roll. Because he thinks Buffalo's going to get blown out every single game. The and thing we ended is, up pulling that one out. No well, the thing time. is, they don't have a lot of history. Like, it's. And I don't pay attention to them. Yeah, because they're, they're, right. they're in the NFC. Yeah. They're not a team I fix it on. 
So all I have is the cliff notes for both you and the listeners, like you guys. Uh, Matt Eberflus, their first-year head coach, he uh, defensive guru who was brought in from Indy. They were like, okay, we have a rookie rookie head quarterback. Didn't do so hot the first year. We're going to give him no wide receivers and then a defensive head coach. And hopefully it'll get better. Uh, it has not. Second-year quarterback, super athlete, the league's 27th-ranked passer. Thanks. Chris, he's coming to this game with less than 2,000 yards on the season. Seems about right. How the fuck are you in the f- like last two weeks of the season and you don't have more than 2,000 throwing? Oh, you're a boob. Yeah. Like, I'm not. They I'm, run an archaic style of offense. The triple wing? The veer? Like, what are we talking about here? How archaic? Also, they're just this defense that's okay. Mm. Ever since they traded away everything that mattered. They were like, oh, this team sucks. Roquan Smith, get out of here. You're being a problem didn't, in the locker room. Didn't, no shit he is, because he's looking around going, I'm wasting my career here, and I'm not signing a long-term contract with this franchise. Uh, Robert Quinn. Didn't they trade for Chase Claypool? Yes. They traded for a wide receiver, and I think since then he's gone on to do absolutely fuck all. Well, we'll have to ask EJ about that. Do you guys remember the last time we played the Bears? No. Wasn't it like early in the season and we were favored, like the Bears were favored and we just beat here it is. a bunch? Look at this. Right here. I have it up on, on Ooh, the screen. No, this is not the game I'm thinking of. Can you, can you, well. Oh, no, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second. That is the game where we didn't have our quarterback. Josh Allen was out. Nathan Peterman, yeah, Nathan oh, Peterman. Oh, the Nathan Peter, one of the one of the Nathan Peterman games. <laughs> well, so yeah. that was the only game that I've ever tailgated with Aaron Quinn from uh, Cover, Cover one. one because his brother is a diehard Bears fan. Nobody's, he runs a Bears blog, fan perfect. site, and so <laughs> that's hilarious. So his brother was going to the game, and Aaron was like, "Well, I want to go tailgate with my brother. Can I come to your tailgate?" My friend Dan. Comes oh, to the yeah. game and goes, hey, guys, my new baby is keeping everybody up at night. I'm going to take it easy today. Don't worry. No boozing. And then all of a sudden, Aaron's pulling on my sleeve going, dude, isn't that the guy who said he was taking it easy? And I look, and Dan's chugging moonshine. <laughs> He's chugging <laughs> moonshine out of a jar. And so it, it comes time to go into the game, and Dan's just like, Fuck you guys. And he just goes and sits in the car. He fell asleep. Goes to bed. So we were like, all right, Danny, you're on your own. We'll see you when we see you. We go into the game. Nathan Peterman does Nathan Peterman things. Sure he does. Yeah, look at that second quarter. Yeah. And Nathan Peterman is now on the Bears, yeah. ironically enough. Which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> right. Yeah. A part of me was kind of hoping that when I saw the injury mm-hmm. to uh, Justin Jefferson, I was like Justin we, Fields. Justin Fields. Justin Jefferson. One of them rocks. One of them. One of them doesn't have two thousand yards. One of them. Justin Jefferson might hit two thousand yards before Justin Fields does. <laughs> might have more yards receiving than Justin Fields is passing. That's great. Yes. If we could have gotten a game against Nathan Peterman this year, it would have been so cathartic. <laughs> to just be like, oh, there's still time, hey, scumbag. It comes back around. Remember all the times you kicked me in the ass. 
there's still time for like a minor sinus infection or something. Something. But like, I don't want to see anyone injured or hurt, but at halftime, we left the game and we got up to the car just as Dan was waking up and he was like, oh, hey, guys, are we going in? We were like, no, we're going home. We're going home. <laughs> yeah, because we, we left at halftime. <laughs> we left at halftime yes. and then we got back to the truck and Dan was awake. <laughs> He's like, oh, hey, guys, what's going on? You didn't miss anything. You didn't miss much. So. I guess it's the thing. And also, they're a team that dismantled the Patriots on national TV. Remember how fun that was? They haven't won a game since. And they're en route to a 3-11 and record. Luckily, like Garth Brooks, we've got friends in low places. And that's who we turn to, to talk about the Bears at a time like this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mr. E.J. Snyder, Bears Over Beers, one half of the Bootleg Football Podcast, long-suffering Bears fan. I got to ask you, E.J., right off the top. How excited are Bears fans to just get to the end of this season? I'm not sure that's quantifiable. Uh, if there's a measurement for that, it's been exceeded. Uh, the Everything we were sort of hoping and looking forward to, besides Justin Fields, who, like a trooper, stays out there valiantly, gets the hell beat <laughs> out of him every week. Like Besides that, all pretty much all the young players we wanted to see develop have been hurt <laughs> or are on the bench or on IR uh, or go out every week. Tevin Jenkins got hurt this last week against the Eagles. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're ready. We're, we're ready. <laughs> you guys just want this thing to be done. Now, the the Bears haven't won much. They haven't won since the Patriot game. But but they've managed to make every single game right up to this weekend's game against the NFC leading Eagles. Mm-hmm. Just a scrap. Every game, it's like, hey, you're going to have to fight us to the death for this. Now, I got first of all, I want to ask, who do you credit most for that mentality of the team? Probably Eberflus. Matt Eberflus, the new head coach, is and his staff, Alan Williams, the defensive coordinator, and, and Luke Getze will talk about him a lot for the offensive success. But really, that I think that one comes from the top, right? That comes from the head guy going, so this is how this is going to be. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. It, well, and the reason I ask that is because it's, it's, 
Like you're talking about how poorly this season has gone for you guys. We're talking about you only have three wins. Uh-huh. It's weird that a three-win football team would still say, "Hey, fuck you guys." I don't care if you're the Eagles. We're gonna take you to the listen. We're gonna take you to the mat, and we're gonna try to win this thing. It's it, it, Chris. Isn't that kind of like what happened when Sean McDermott got here? Yeah. And so people who might be inclined to be like, well, good coaches win football games. I've watched good coaches build culture. And what you're watching is like if you know, you know, but for our listeners who maybe don't, the Bears who were good were always synonymous with tough, with punch you in the mouth football. That's who the Bears were. And so. This almost seems like a very throwback football team. Like, they became that, even though they haven't won much. They're like, listen, if you're going to come in here and you're going to get a win, you're going to pay for it. You're going to fight for every inch. You're going to fight for every point. And and that does speak to good coaching, doesn't it? I think it does. And Iberflus made that a point when he came into the building, when he came into House Hall. He is the first coach in a bit to strongly embrace that Bears culture from the past, to bring in alumni, to bring in Peanut Tillman and Lance Briggs and all those guys and say, come talk to this team. You guys knew what you were doing. You were an incredibly tough defensive football team. Come talk to these guys. Tell them what that is to be a Bear, because I can show them all. These are young 18, well, not 18, 20, 21, 22, 24-year-old guys because it's an extremely young team. Ryan Poles, clean house. They don't remember the Bears of 2006, really. That's that's the last time the Bears really made noise. And It's funny you you say that. It's funny you say that. I hate to cut you off, but... No, go ahead. When Sean McDermott got hired here as a coach here in Buffalo, one of the first things he did, he had this under-talented unheralded group of defensive backs. <clears throat> First thing he did was he brought in Peanut Tillman. He said, listen, yeah. I need you to come in here and teach my defensive backs what it is that I'm trying to instill in them. I have a message. I need you to help me help them hear it. Trey White forced four fumbles as a rookie at uh-huh. cornerback. And everyone goes, well, whatever. And he credits Peanut Tillman for T. He's like, oh, he taught me how to punch the ball out. Like, that's it. Yeah. He had a move. He taught it to us. I just took it. I just took it and made it mine. And it's little things like that that everyone goes, oh, you know, what does that mean? It means everything. It means a lot. And it is how, strangely, a lot of NFL lineage on the field, not off the field, not the accolades, not the records, the stuff that happens on the field. You talk about, you know, Reggie White's hump move and you talk about peanut Tillman's peanut punch and all that stuff. It's because they took those young guys in, in a training camp, whether it was, you know, on the team that they start on or the team they went to late in their career. And they went, no, 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 no. Like, if you want to listen, I'll tell you how to do this. Come here. And the smart ones do. And then that's how that propagates throughout the league, throughout coaching trees, throughout everything else is that literal passing of the torch from I know how to do it. I've had success with it. I'll show you that piece and you can add it to whatever it is that you do. And then we'll see that carry on down through the years. So now ahead of this game, do you like the Bears? Let's just start this from the top. Do you like the Bears chances of making this game a mess for Buffalo? A mess 
uh, I liked it better before a couple of key injuries last weekend. Uh, will they still give them a game? Yes. Will they give them the game? I hope they might. I doubt it. Well, let's uh, talk about those injuries. Who are they? What happened? Well, Jack, Jack Sanborn, for one. Jack Sanborn came in, was playing middle linebacker after Roquan Smith left to go to Baltimore and sort of made everybody forget about Roquan Smith because he played 85, 90% as well as a UDFA. And everybody went, oh, wait, we can get that level of play out of a UDFA? <laughs> Shit, what were we going to play him $20 million for? Like, Roquan's <laughs> a great player in his own right. And he's in Baltimore, and, and good for him. He said, I want this much money. The Bears said, we don't want to pay you that much money. We'll pay you a little bit less. And he said, no, it's got to be this much or I walk. And they said, well, I guess you'll walk. And they got Jack Sanborn as a UDFA out of Wisconsin. He was on the practice squad, got elevated to the active squad. And then guess what? A hole opened up and it's next guy up. And he played really well. Uh, he's on IR for the rest of the year. So not going to see him. Uh, he reminds me a lot in some ways of Matt Milano. I think he is even, and this is hard to say because Milano just you know bent Mike White in half, but he's even more physical <laughs> than Milano is. Um, in some ways, but they play very similarly. They're smart. They take very good angles. They're very disciplined. Um, they anticipate really well. Neither of them are the fastest players out there, uh, but they get it done. They have huge production because of all those other things. And, you know, he was one of the most exciting stories, certainly on the Bears, but one of the most exciting players. You know, Eddie Jackson's been out for a bit on IR. Um, Roll you know, Tide. Khalil, Herbert, <laughs> Khalil Herbert's going to come back. Uh, he just got activated today, but Tevin was down, got carted off. Tevin Jenkins, the right guard, he got carted off. Like a lot of the guys that could sort of do some of this punching in the mouth um, are now licking their wounds. So it's going to be a less even less heralded group. And I have to tell you as a bears follower, at least once a week, I go to the depth chart online and go, who? <laughs> right. And I, you know me, I love unheralded players. I love UDFA. I love the bottom of the league roster movement and, and guys that go to three or four teams before they make their mark. There's at least once a week on this bears team where somebody makes a play on special teams. And I'm like 50, what? Who? Who is that? Right. And it's some oh, guy that new. got signed. Yeah, he got signed four weeks ago and he's making tackles on special teams. I've never heard of him. And, you know, it it happens. This is just that team. They were low on talent to start. A lot of their most talented starter. I mean, Darnell, you're not going to see Darnell Mooney. You're not going to see Eddie Jackson. You're not going to see Sanborn. You're probably not going to see. Um, uh, well, a lot of the guys that started out on the offensive line, you're not going to see. There's been a lot well, of rotation there. And that's what I want to – well, let's start there. We're going to talk about the sure. offense. Yeah. The Bears have one of the league's worst passing attacks. Yes. As evidenced by some really stunning statistics. Mm-hmm. You, go the, you start the season with 12 straight games of under 200 passing yards. Mm-hmm. Kind of counterintuitive – Justin Fields is a below average NFL passer in the zero to 10 yard range, but as like two touchdowns to four interceptions and those short area throws, but he makes his yardage downfield. It's like, Hey, if I see you down there by 12 yards, 13, 18, I'll throw it to you somewhere here in traffic. That becomes a problem. It just, it just gets away from me. No, he, he's well, a, I was just he's the other one was loose. No, yeah. yeah, and no wide receiver on the Bears has more than two receiving touchdowns. Like that's yeah. like this is 
like pretend you're an insurance adjuster for me. This is how I like approaching this type of stuff. If you showed up on the scene of a crash, which is kind of what this passing game is, and you had to assign percentage of blame to the following parties, offensive line for pass protection, wide receiver talent, and quarterback. Who do you think bears most of that? All three in the beginning. In the beginning of the year before this mini-buy where Luke Getze readjusted the offense, which has been huge, and they have been punching people in the mouth since then, but not typically before that. When they really sat down with this 10-day break and said, okay, what we're doing is not working. What should we do? And they, Luke Getze remodeled the offense largely to look a lot like what Baltimore does with Lamar. And they said, we're not going to have you run only when things break down. We're actually going to give you seven to ten carries a game okay. where you use this talent. And the offense transformed. Now, obviously not the passing offense, and that's what we're talking about. But in the beginning, in the period before that adjustment, everybody, the offensive line was horrendous. The wide receiver talent was bad and not even as good bad as it was supposed to be. Byron Pringle didn't even see the field until week oh, like 10 or 12 uh, because he was injured. He was their major free agent signing wide receiver. And I do think he would have helped a bit. So it was pretty much Darnell Mooney hanging out by himself and a, and a cast of extras, right? And Keel Harry came from your division. Uh, Dante Pettis, who's a former Husky and speedster, who's been around a little bit. And I remember um, that name. Yeah, I mean he's he's had a sort of underrated good year as like Didn't a you guys, fourth, hey, you fourth traded, wide receiver. You guys got Harry. You traded for Chase Claypool. You you guys have kind of glommed this thing together. Well, from the beginning, so wide receiver talent huge issue. There is not an alpha. There is no Stephon Diggs in this group. There is nobody to turn to when it's third and eight and go. Yeah, you're going to get it right. Um, so that's, and that's been somewhat by plan. The move for Claypool at the trade deadline was really a nod towards next year. Hey, can you be our number two or number three, depending on what you think of Darnell Mooney or or where you think he's going to play. But ideally Darnell Mooney is your number two being a, uh, locket light type receiver. Yeah. Chase Claypool is a big slot where he has been very effective. He is fast. He's strong. He's jump ball guy. And if you're getting one-on-ones with Chase Claypool, you can make some hay again in that area of the field (laughs) where Justin Fields is very good down the field, deep ball accuracy. Like that's what he's good for, but you need the alpha to make that happen. You need to go draft your Jamison Williams or, or get a Stephon Diggs or whatever, you know, Devontae, whoever you need that big number one, a over there going, I got it. And you like, guys just don't have that. Game. So there's no, no one they didn't have to draw that. double teams on the regular. Right. And they didn't try and acquire it. So wide receiver talent is, is a thing. Offensive line was a complete scramble and a real mess for about the first six weeks. Uh, the guy they signed to both teach the offense from Green Bay uh, and then play center. Lucas Patrick got hurt, <laughs> came back, played a little guard. Uh, he's on IR. You're not going to see him. Musker's <sighs> back in there. So this is this is the rolling shit show of that. Jesus. Um, the offensive line has stabilized. If you can imagine, even with all the yuck I just talked about, it's actually stabilized over the last five or six weeks. And Justin was, you know, he was running for his life for the first five or six weeks, no time to throw, generally seeing pressure in less than two seconds on most downs. Nobody's going to be successful in that. And again, the things he's really good at are five-step drop and let it go. And he wasn't getting time to do that. So his passing stats are in the shitter. His rushing stats were complete scramble. 
at least they organized the running game. I mean, Justin Fields, uh, you know, the all-time record for quarterback touchdown runs over 50 yards was three in a career. Justin did that in a month. Because he had to. It doesn't matter whether you had to or not. He True. can. And you're talking about an it's entire impressive. career. No, it's you're impressive. You're talking about Mike, Mike Vick and, you know, Randall Cunningham and, and all these guys that who weren't appreciated for their full skill set at the time they were playing. But they only the max any of them got is three in a career. He got three in a month. I do watch him weaving his way through defenses. And I'm like, ah, fuck, that's going to be a thing. That's going to be a thing I'm going to see on Saturday. It's going to ruin my fucking Christmas. Uh, you will see it. You will see it a couple of times because even Justin Fields is one of those guys that even when you are right, you can be wrong. He, you can do everything right. You can cover. You can spy. You can have your gaps aligned. He can break it. He's just that guy. He's the guy you couldn't catch in flag tag on the playground. We know what that. We know what that's like. We just did it for uh-huh. the Miami Dolphins. That quarterback right. had one rush for seven yards. Ours averaged seven yards a carry for 77. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. hey, look, when I have to get it done, I can get it done. I don't need the guys. I can get it done. And True. that's a scary dynamic for a defense to have to face. Now, sure. our linebackers have a little bit of range. They're pretty yes, they good. Do. Our safeties are fairly good. Jordan Poyer does a good job. of. Are you confident in his rushing ability? playing out in being a factor in this game who feels yes a hundred percent do you think you will see you will see some broken runs in this game that you're like god damn it i thought they had that are you sure that that's enough to stabilize the offense for four quarters no <laughs> no right. absolutely not all right no you will see some highlights you will have some fun uh, you might even get scared if it happens early and he scores, which is possible. But that's going to fade down the stretch. When you put two teams like this together, one extremely well-built, very talented, favored from the beginning of the season with their own super weapon at quarterback and a good defense that has a little trouble against the rush. Yes, uh, <laughs> that's the thing, right? Versus Justin Fields. Literally, it's versus Justin Fields, because what else is there? There's not a wide receiving threat, really, at this point. Uh, Cole Komet's not going to scare you deeply. The defense is uh, somewhat under-talented up front. You're not going to get a ton of pass rush. Linebacking core has either been traded or gutted by injury. Um, the secondary is down to you know DeAndre Houston Carson, who I love, who is a guy that's carved out a great career in the NFL, being a special teamer and a glue guy and whatever. He got a pick last week. I couldn't be happier. Is DeAndre Houston Carson like a force in coverage <laughs> that's going to shut people down? No, he's not. So you're going to see a lot of young guys. You're going to see an amalgamation trying to hold on against a very good offense and a and an excellent elite quarterback. And it's just not going to stack up over time. There might be a couple of moments where you go, oh, whew, I wish that didn't happen. But in the long run, no. On the other side of the football, if we switch to the defense, mm-hmm. like one thing you guys have going for you is that you have been a very good scoring defense, even up to last week. All these things you're saying about the injuries and all, eh, we're depleted here, secondary is depleted. You guys still... Like, like maybe the only thing you guys are top 10 in 
besides heart attacks suffered in the stadium. And yes, that is a dig about the sausage intake of your fan base. It's okay. <laughs> but like it's it's you guys have the your number one and fewest passes completed against over the course yeah. of the whole season. Even with injuries, you guys managed to hem in this Eagles offense that's been lighting teams on fire. Mm-hmm. Then you banged up their quarterback. Now, it's true. So, meanwhile, we have an offense that isn't as imposing as it's supposed to be. But their quarterback is a freak. He can make plays when he shouldn't. That Cook touchdown against Miami. Perfect example. Yep. He can make the off-script <laughs> stuff where it's just like, listen, the defense did everything right for three seconds, five seconds, six seconds. I was going to say five. <laughs> yeah. And then on second seven and eight, our quarterback's like, well, I got this. I found somebody, and I can make a ridiculous throw. That may be the thing that separates our offenses, but realistically, your defense has done a really good job over the course of the season against teams just like Buffalo, just like the Eagles, just like every team that thinks that they're contenders. What matchups against Buffalo do you like for Chicago? And who? what matchups do you think favor Buffalo in terms of your defense? Uh, Dawson Knox versus just about anybody that might cover him. Most of the guys that could cover him uh, on this defense are not there. The guys that are left are scrappy, but Knox is a really good player, and he's pretty versatile. Um, He ends up making plays in a wide variety of areas on the field. It's not just, oh, this is, you know, he owns that little seven-yard corner hook route, and he can't do anything else. That's not Dawson Knox. Um, So he's going to be tough. Um, You just mentioned James Cook. Uh, Linebackers are good. They are tough, and they play hard. Are they going to be able to keep with James Cook, uh, say, on a little, you know, chip wheel route? Mm, nope, <laughs> not not where Josh can throw it. Uh, you know, the first 10 yards, maybe first next five, possibly the, the 10 after that. Nah, they're not in the picture, probably. So um, for Chicago, in terms of favored defensive matchups, Jalen Johnson, if he's healthy in this one like him versus anybody. And that includes Diggs. He is in Diggs caliber in terms of being a defensive back that can take on a one a and say, nah, I'm going to make it. So you have, you know, four catches for 60 yards and no touchdowns. And that's not the kind of impact that folks are looking for out of one a these days. That is a, you know, that would be a solid game against a guy as talented as Diggs. So, uh, you know, him, other than that, uh, you know, Jaquan Brisker's playing really well as a rookie, uh, comes downhill like a freight train and plays decently in coverage. He he could give Knox some trouble on the downs that he gets matched up on him, uh, but it won't be all downs. They will, I, I guarantee, uh, that Dorsey's going to find a way to isolate Dawson Knox on some lesser talented players. If I was him, I wouldn't be putting him anywhere near Jaquan Brisker. Uh, and Kyler Gordon is is coming on. He got a really nice interception. Uh, a couple of weeks ago and he's he's just a guy that's growing into his role as a corner selected high you know came out of UW uh, I think he's going to be a fixture on this team in the defensive backfield for a long time he he can play decently against mm, probably your you know number two maybe your number three receiver we'll see interesting to see that Cole Beasley's back <laughs> Good bees. I, yeah. I just love how he I, I do love the uh, reclamation tour this team is on 
They were just yeah, like, hey, a little it's, bit, right? It's, it's almost like the Avengers. They were like, hey, mid-season, well, off-season, what do we need? We're going to bring back Shaq Lawson. Yeah, yeah. We're going to bring back Jordan Phillips. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to bring back A.J. Klein in the middle of the year. We're going to bring back Col- John Brown. We're going to bring back Colby's. We're getting the band. Literally. We're getting the band back together. It's, it's which Elwood. Is the Chicago thing, which is awesome. Elwood. It's Blues Brothers. Yeah, it's we're getting right. the band back together. Let's go do this thing. Ah. <laughs> uh, it, Four it's fried a, chickens and a Coke. Yeah. Some dry white toast. <laughs> I uh, love it. So knowing what's at stake in this one. Now, the Bills have gone on the road before when the division was up for grabs. Chris? Sure. Do you remember that Broncos game? Yep. The thing was a fucking rout from start to finish. We just dominated. It was probably one of the more focused performances I've ever seen from Josh Allen. He's mm. he's that's the that's the game that gave birth to the touchdown Jesus thing. Because mm-hmm. the pass that he threw to Jay Kumaro was so ridiculous. Like there's no like you it almost felt immaculate that he caught it. Like it was one of those things where you go, that was preordained. It was supposed to happen. It's the only way he comes up with that ball through traffic, the way it all works. This is a Bills team that has never like our coach hasn't lost, what, what is he, 0-4 in his last five attempts to clinch the division. He did that, or at least clinch the playoffs. Now he's 1-0 when you give him a or 2-0 when you give him a game to clinch the conference. Like, hey, this is your division. If you win this game, you get it. Undefeated. This is a coach who knows how to get his team up for that kind of thing. Going up against a Bears team that's just kind of like, hey, we're here to make it scrappy, but we also know we yep. have three wins. What's your level of concern that the Bills might just have more to play for and that might just bear out? Uh, I think actually whether or not they have more to play for, people might say, oh, this is a trap game. You know, I don't think it reaches that level. I think even if the Bills play flat, they probably win this game. Bears just don't have enough bullets in the chamber to keep up. They are, you know, a year away from adding the kind of talent around Justin that can really scare teams. And even the talent they had that might scare teams, guys like Darnell Mooney, aren't going to be on the field. So when you get right down to it, there's just not enough swings, right? You're going to get to the end and that puncher's going to tire out and, you know, you, you, they're going to do the same thing. It's going to be like, man, that was a better fight than we thought it was going to be. That lasted longer than we thought it would, but the end result is the same and everybody kind of goes, yeah. And it, it does give us hope as Bears fans and folks that follow the team, certainly that they're moving in the right direction. And that, yes, if you infuse some more talent, which they will be able to do with $125 million next year in free agency, much of which they have to spend to get to the cap floor, plus a full range of draft picks. Yeah. Okay. This team's going to look very different last year. And you're going to have that culture that you referenced at the top of the segment in place to say, no, we're going to fight. And now we've got, more punches right we've got more guys so is it going to play out in this one no it's probably going to play out like the rest of these which is like damn i thought we were going to roll over these guys we only won by five but yeah we won by five and it was (laughs) it was pretty well assured well that's been a theme here forever chris what's our thing now we go hey 
whoever's playing the Bills, take the under or take them with the points. Yeah, yeah, we've been like on that. The only the only one that we got wrong was the uh, Thursday night game. Well, that's probably our fault. Could be. <laughs> that's you guys. Boo. It's totally us. We did it. Absolutely your fault. So, with that said, your predictions ahead of this one. Uh, I'm going to say that the Bills put up high 20s. You know, let's say 28. Even with the wind, even with the snow. Even with the wind. Look, look, you just played a snow game. Didn't look like it bothered him at all, did it? Like, I, I actually said on the podcast this week that will come out probably tomorrow, uh, you know, maybe the cold was good for Josh's elbow because it looked pretty damn snappy to me. Uh, he was able to – he's getting some velocity back on the ball. And that was in crappy conditions. I mean, you guys were there. It was cold. It was windy. It didn't matter at all. That ball was cutting right through, which is when you're scouting a guy like that and you go, oh, he played at Wyoming. <laughs> okay, no problem. He's used to the cold, the snow, the wind. It, that's not going to bug him. So, you know, is it going to mess with a little bit of the deep passing game? Yeah, but there are also just those breaks in coverage you get. Again, James Cook on that little wheel route or, you know, broken, co- busted coverage on Dawson Knox. He is talented enough to take it to the corner and score. Um, so, you know, I think overall probably in the high 20s for the Bills. Now, how much do the Bears score? Uh, I would say mm, maybe 10 points less with the Bills scoring late. So it's maybe within a score until about the middle of the fourth quarter. So I would say like. Uh, let's just say 16 points, 28 to 16. All right. I like that. That would cover the spread. It would cover the spread and that's it. It would keep our theme alive. It would keep us in the money. I love it. Now, EJ, obviously you're a savant at this podcasting thing. You, you and you and Brett have built a fucking empire over there. (laughs) Yeah. What you guys have, what you guys are doing is incredible. I love it. Um, I love, I love being here for it. I love the fact that you guys did it from here. Once. I love that fact too. So I love it. Um, that shot that you have on your desk and the one I made Chris pour too. Yep. I'm going to make you guys drink that because uh, we're we're getting to that part of the year. Uh, you know, mostly it happens after Christmas and you get all those retrospectives, right? All the celebrities that have died and all the good things that have happened this year. I'm starting to get in that mood. Right. I'm starting to think, what did I do in this last year? Like what what changed? And there's obviously a lot of changes in my world. But you guys were a big part of that. Like you've been a a large part of this football journey that I've been on. Um, You've been kind enough to have me on Rockpile a couple of times. We were lucky enough to come to Buffalo and see a game this year. Uh, We, you know, recorded in your studio. We went trick or treating with your families. Like (laughs) this is, this is, this is not insignificant, right? Uh, You know, Chris, I eat wings and pizza in your kitchen right upstairs. So I just wanted to say thanks to you, your families for the opportunity um, and for being part of this, right? You, You talk about this empire. It's not, it's not an empire. It's like a collection of I don't even know how to really put the right adjective on that. It's a collection of people that are like-minded, really enjoy football and have a good time doing it. And you guys are a huge part of that. So thanks to you and and cheers up. Cheers. Cheers. Now what did you uh take a shot of over there? Obviously not hmm. the real moonshine that we have. No, not the real moonshine. I finished off uh a tiny little bottle of grainstone, Ooh. which is 
uh, scotch, but it's cast conditioned. So it ends up tasting a little more uh, bourbony or whiskey. Uh, it still has that scotch bite to it, but it's it's definitely much more rounded on the end. Really? Uh, took it over ice. I bought it out kind of on a whim. Uh, as a again, as a small bottle, it was a like taster for like eighteen bucks. Uh, probably like a year ago, and it's just it's one of those ones I sort of keep going back to. It's like, hey, this is a really good value, and it's I don't typically like scotch, like straight up just hardcore peated scotch i definitely am not into the, the really smoky scotches like no. Lafroig and whatever else i like oban a lot but oban's a very clean scotch um this has just enough sort of crossover to sort of the bourbon whiskey uh you know field of endeavor that uh, i really like it so grainstone it's good stuff <sighs> ej i love the fact you make time for us why don't you tell everybody where they can find your show where they can find Grievance. you Oh, oh, Sorry. and also grievance. your yes. grievance, your biggest grievance with the 20. It is Festivus week. Your biggest grievance with the 2022 Bears. Yes. Chris was kind enough to prepare me for, yes. for Festivus week and, and let me know that a grievance might be asked for. And I, I love that. Um, I, I got to say, Ryan Pohl screwed it up a little bit because I had a perfect. Well, not perfect. I had an ideal <laughs> grievance selected, which was sloth. <laughs> Um, one of the things about having these games at the end of a loss season where you've only won three games, you're not looking to win a lot more. Much of your roster is injured and really the focus and the bright lights have turned away from you as a franchise. And you have some time here. And a lot of people say, Oh, you're just playing out the string. Well, that's one way to do it. <laughs> the other way to consider it is this is the live, this is the live lab. Like we have games against preeminent NFL talent, not preseason games, not combined practices like live NFL games, which is a different speed and a different level of evaluation. And nobody's watching and nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares if we win these things. So we should we should use these. We should pack as many guys into these that we want to see against the guys they're going to have to play against if they're going to be part of this team long term as we can, because nobody cares if we win or lose and nobody's looking. So guys like Sterling Weatherford, who is the guy that backs up Jack Sanborn, right? He should be playing. I, my grievance was with typically I'm going to have to say now the wide receivers because it had been with the whole roster, but just today, (laughs) just today, Ryan Poles sort of emerged from his cave said his hibernation was over and signed two pass rushers again for this very reason, because the bears need to generate some pass rush and you are digging for diamonds, right? At this point, you're looking for pieces of coal that with the right amount of pressure can become something for your team next year. And they got two guys, Terrell Lewis, who is a defensive end out of Alabama that uh, Brett and I saw at the 2020 senior bowl. Talented guy, spent time with the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And Terrell Lewis was signed today. And another guy near and dear to my heart, a guy that I saw in the year before he got drafted. And I reached out to a couple other people and said, why is nobody talking about this kid? His name's Keone Dang or Keone Dang. He played at Cal and he is a very long limbed sort of everything outside edge pass rusher that sort of wrecked the Pac-12 in his what turned out to be kind of junior year. The senior year, he got hurt, played almost no games and came into the draft with no fans fair went undrafted um 
But one of those guys that, again, in the right hands could be a really cool ball of clay. So Ryan Poles went out fishing for pass rush late in the season, which is exactly what I want him to do kind of at all positions. He needs help. But with a roster this bad, that's the thing is you can go for offensive line. You can go grab a defensive tackle and see if they work. You can bring in hopefully a couple of wide receivers. And that's going to be my grievance is why aren't you signing guys from practice squads, I I know they have to go to the active roster. I know there's a lot of sort of communication and, and catch-up that they have to do. But you're telling me that this wide receiver room is better than every practice squatter in the NFL? And my answer is they're not, right? You don't have enough guys here. Even if that guy turns out to be a fourth wide receiver, a fifth wide receiver, a punt returner, I don't care if you get him "quote unquote" for free get a in body. terms of draft capital. Yeah, like if he has, if he plays any role, if he makes the fifty-three next year, you win, and you should be cashing those lottery tickets left and right because nobody cares right now. If you blow out on some practice squatter that you picked up from Cincinnati, who cares? Like nobody. You cut him in the summer. Nobody's the wiser. You go out and draft other guys anyways, but you it's how we ended be, up with Isaiah McKenzie. Exactly. And you need to be turning right now. You need to be turning every room, even the good ones running back right now. Khalil Herbert's been on IR, right? David Montgomery has, you know, been on and off. He, he might not be here next year, depending on whether he gets resigned. You need to be grabbing guys that you were like, man, I love that guy. And he is, he's slaving away on the practice squad. Like come get some carries for us. Like, split time with David Montgomery for the last three games. See what we've got here. And I, up until today, like it had been quiet. They just hadn't been adding anybody. And I'm like, look, I know you got 125 million next year. Get to it. Do all of it. Like all, all things all the time. So sloth and particularly at the wide receiver position, because that room is, Let's just be straight up honest. It's not good enough. EJ Snyder, bootleg football, Bears over beer podcast. He's on Twitter at football. EJ, hell of a grievance with his own team. And that leads us right in to our airing of grievances. Eighth annual Festivus celebration. Now, Andy, eight years ago, like, first of all, it's been great having you in studio. Thank you. I appreciate you letting me be here. And in the spirit of the holiday season, it's time to draw our winners. Our winners from the Friends of the Night People donation drive. Chris, I know you've been over there cutting up papers and folding shit and putting them in hats. Is it the second stuff, second set of things that I cut up? Or the first set of names that I cut up? Well, the big set. The big set. Is what we're drawing right now. Big set was what we're drawing. Should we let Andy do it? Yes. All well, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put everything... In my suite, this is like, uh, well, look at the, the hat that I'm using. is almost like George's. The, <laughs> yes, Rus- the, Russian, the Russian hat. The Russian side. hat. I got to put all of the uh, cut up pieces of paper. We're going to let our the Rock Pile Report pastor, Andy, do the drawing. Chaplain. Rock Pile Report chaplain. Chap- chaplain. All right. You're our, our Len Vanden boss for the, for the Rock Pile Report. All right. So this is the this is the drawing for the the Poyer and Hyde signed football. Okay. Now, Chris, mix those up real good. These and are and good. first of all, before we do this, I want to say to everybody, you guys, myself, Reed, when we pull everything together, the generosity of this fan base is incredible. Just a couple of 
things, Andy, that sure. you had laying around the house. Yeah. Some stuff that we were able to put together with a friend of ours generated almost $800 in total donations to a charity that desperately needs funding. Yeah. Like, this is tangible good being done in our community. The community will be better served because of this podcast. If if you look at it, Friends of the Night people. Pull it up, Andy. Draw. All right. Just don't pick Pat Riley. Okay. All right. I'm going to take this one right here. For the Poyer Hyde sign football, Jake Lee. Jake no. Jacob Lee. There we go. We've got a winner. Guys, for every $100 donated... Provides fifty meals to people here in the Buffalo area who who need it. So when we send Jake kitchen. his signed football, we will also send back the cookies we didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> wait, I I don't know if they're wait. You had cookies you didn't like. I mean, there's going to be I mean, teeth you, marks in them, but you, you could. I would say you I'll could. try them, but if I don't, I'm like, ah, this ain't good. I'll just send them back with just the football. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Just point them out to me. Just point them out to me. I'll, I'll take care of them. Now, this next one is for the one of the two signed Buffalo Bills mini helmets. Here, Drew. Let's get the host to pick. Again, don't pick Pat Riley. Why do you dislike Pat? He's on his honeymoon. Super Mexican. All right. All right. Super Pat Mexican. Riley. The next thing we're going to pick is for the Bills Funko Pop. The first one we're going to do is Stefan Diggs. All right, I'll pick this one. Chris? This is something I would want to pick Pat Riley's name. <laughs> what? What is your obsession? Oh, is he a member of the Riley family? Yeah, he is. Like Mike Riley? Yeah, technically, I guess, related. He's Mike. He's cousins with my cousins on the Riley side of the family. Look at you. Pat's dad is the brother of my uncle. I need to know your family, too. Yeah, you shut do. up and pick him. <laughs> see, Andy, see, sometimes I can give him shit, too. There you go. See, see I just, all in the spirit of the holiday. I see, I, I feel now that I'm going to select Pat Riley. Cheers, Parks. It's all in the spirit of the holiday. Absolutely. I had to open a fresh one for this. Kyle Trimble. All right. All Dr. Right. Kyle Trimble. All right. Now, we're going dre- to be picking the next Funko Pop figuring the Josh Allen. All right. We'll come back to... Uh, Bring it back around for Mr. Parks. The chaplain of the Rock Hall, of All right, let's see it. We're going to be... Pat Riley can win this. Justin Elberg. Yulberg. Yulberg. Yulberg! What's going on, baby? All right. So that brings us to a copy of a signed, a signed and personalized autographed copy of Tyler Dunn's new book, Blood and Guts, How Tight Ends Save Football. Chris, shake those things up real good. Shake them up real nice. Don't (laughs) pick Pat Riley. Tiffany from the Not Your Average podcast in the 716. Tiff, you are a winner of a signed copy of Tyler Dunn's book. And hey, if you're lucky, the podcast we record live when when we go to get it from him, Maybe you come join us. It'll be a good time. Come on out. Now, Chris, those Montucky hats we have sitting around. Oh, yeah. We have Montucky. Pat Riley can win these because (laughs) Montucky screams to his personality. (laughs) He's like a a modern-day, I don't know, like a modern-day cowboy. I think he does have a man bun. 
if I'm not mistaken. I haven't seen him in a, in a minute. Let's see here. Pat Riley. Pat Riley, you did pick it. <laughs> Montucky Cold Snack Hat. Look at you, sir. I'll send him the one with the pink lettering. <laughs> there you go. See, the, it's the season of giving. It is. We have a, donated by Kyle Trimble for the raffle. We have a Buffalo Bills mascot bobblehead. It's it's a big thing. For being a bobblehead, Andy, that's pretty big. Yeah, that's a sizable bobblehead. They don't I, come that big usually. I don't, I don't even know. It's like, like a Billy Buffalo bobblehead? Yes. Okay. That's what it looks like. Again. Yeah. All right. Who's going to be the proud owner of a Billy Buffalo bobblehead? And some uh, lovely alliteration. Justin Yulberg. <laughs> Yulberg. Should I pick a different one because he wrote one already? Or? No, we'll, we'll keep it rolling. Now, we have one more mini helmet to give away. Let's go ahead and shake that up. Let me get in there. Sean. From Sh- Vegas. Sean from Vegas. There you go. You are the winner. This is for what? Another Montucky hat? Another Montucky cold snack hat. Not the not the one with the pink lettering. That's getting sent to Pat Riley. No, not the one with the pink lettering. It's getting sent to Pat Riley. Nicole Becker. There we go. Okay. Nicole Becker. I feel bad. She's such a sweetheart, and I know she loves Notre Dame. Like, <laughs> I, I feel bad. Like this is how I'm, how well I know our listeners. I know that she loves Notre Dame, and I felt so bad. Like I'm watching the game this season. Where I'm like, oh, Notre Dame, early in the season. You guys are supposed to be good. What's happening here? And my first thought is, oh, Nicole's going to be so sad. Yeah, I've never actually spoken to her, but I'm like, oh, I just see it. I just see it. Chris, why don't you go ahead and draw one more? All right. For what is this for? More Montucky swag. We'll send it out. All right. More Montucky swag. Rich Perks. There we go. Guys, thank you so much. Like, we started this as just kind of a let's get together and do something with a football. Right. It ended up being something that's going to provide hundreds of meals for the local community. That That's something to be proud of. It really, truly is. Like, I, and it's a, like I said, it's a, it's just something that's important to me to try to support that specific charity. And it means a lot that you guys came out and tried to help support me in that. Like I was, I was telling Andy when he got here, what did I say, Andy? I was like, it's shocking to me that this stupid podcast with a couple guys drinking beer right. can do something good for someone. Yeah. The world is, I mean, Buffalo is going to see a positive, tangible impact because we're sitting around a basement drinking beers talking about uh, <laughs> the, the Bills and the Bears. It's crazy to me. Now, Chris, we have two more things to give away. Yep. Now, this, you might have thought we forgot about it. Two copies of the Kevin Bryant audiobook, Spies on the Sidelines. Some of you answered Chris's trivia question. We put you all in a hat. Chris is going to shake them up. We're going to pick them out. All right, here we go for the first copy of Kevin Bryant's book, Spies on the Sideline. Goes to Matthew Donahue. There we go. Hell yeah. All right. And then next, the second copy of his book, Spies on the Sideline. That will go to Lackawanna Vince. There we go. 
Thank you guys. Thank you all for participating in all of our nonsense all year long for showing up podcast in and podcast out. And Chris, it really is like, I think it's, I think it's, again, it, it means something that we're able to use our platform to do something like this. As we sit back and we pour ourselves a fresh round of moonshine, because Rhodes, this son of a bitch, just keeps driving. Rhodes, Rhodes. You're going to have to give that a, a whirl. I can't you, you don't have the gorilla hand strength that I do? Ah, yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah, you feel it give. I can open the the strawberry one, probably because it's, it's pink. Because it's pink. You get them ladies' hands. As we pour ourselves a fresh round of moonshine and move on with the Festivus celebration, we come to the airing of grievances. Festivus is back! A lot like Frank Costanza, I myself have a story. I have a story. This all started because in 2015, the inaugural year of this podcast, we had so much hope. There was so much to believe in. The future looked so bright. Chris and I got behind the microphones. We were like, this is going to be an awesome time. We're going to sit around, have a lot of fun talking about what a bunch of winners we all are and how great this football team is. Rex was going to take us to the promised land. The team was going to be great on defense. The offense, we had a star running back. Life was going to be good. I had just started dating my wife. Something panned out. That's good. <laughs> this was just a fun hobby that her new boyfriend was kicking the tires on. And she was like, oh, that's cute. By the time the holidays rolled around, the team was a mess. As fans, we had taken more than our share of proverbial kicks to the groin. My girlfriend thought I was an overreactionary lunatic after having spent a whole football season actually enjoying Sunday football with me. And as I sat in my bachelor pad apartment after recording one night, chugging beers and angrily re-watching Bill's lowlights while trying to figure out what kind of a gift I could get for her for our very first Christmas that could kind of pave over some of the craters that I had created in our relationship, I thought to myself, there has to be another way. There has to be a better way to do this. And it dawned on me. First of all, I bought her diamond earrings. Now, Chris, that's a hell of a move for a first Christmas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Andy. Yeah, I mean, you got to compete with that gift every year going forward. So how's that going for you? I mean, I followed it up with cruises and with... <laughs> I think I'm doing pretty well. There you go. But... I sat there and I thought to myself, you know what? I can't be the only person sitting here doing this. There's got to be another another group of people who are just as angry as I am. And, and our podcast, at least in the Buffalo market, podcasting in general was in its infancy. And with only four shows in like in the ether out there, I realized there are probably some other people not lucky enough to have a microphone who probably had some shit they needed to get off their chests. Somewhere, somewhere out there that they, they could hear it, and they could hear it discussed and feel better about it. Just to give them a taste of the catharsis that I feel every single week when we get together and record the show. And thus was spawned the airing of Bill's grievances. We are eight years into this, Chris. 
I love it. Eight years ago, you and me started doing this. We're idiots. You know that, right? Like, we're yeah. dumb. We're not smart. Everyone's like, oh, you guys do such a great job. Do you know Do you know how many years this podcast has taken off of our lives? In fact, that might actually be better for everyone. Now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely my wife. That life insurance policy is hefty. That'll be your next Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> But as always, in the spirit of the season, we want to release whatever small amounts of negativity or large amounts we have left so that we can head into the new year and a new chapter of Bill's fandom with a clean, mental, and emotional slate. So join us once again as we all just sit down with fresh beers and fresh shots of moonshine, compliments of Rhodes because he's a... Chris, he's the best. Yeah. Tell me this moonshine ain't the best. This peach is pretty friggin' delicious. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Happy, happy Festivus. And the airing of Bill's grievances. Now, Mr. Parks, we'll start with you. Do you have a grievance? Something that you need to get off your chest? Um, not so much with this team, but with the NFL in general and the NFL media in general. Um, people have said, well, Josh Allen gets plenty of praise, plenty of credit. I would argue he needs more because I am tired, so tired of hearing how great Justin Herbert is and Justin Fields is. And after this most recent Bills victory over the Dolphins, hearing about how, no, in fact, moral victories are a thing. And the Dolphins achieved <laughs> one in December. Honest to God. And I'm qualified to say that. Um, it is just absurd. These anointings that are happening for quarterbacks who haven't done anything. Meanwhile, Josh Allen has records and statistics and playoff runs, and and every year we keep sniffing it a little bit more and we get a little bit closer all the time, and we're almost to the point where I feel like we're chasing a Super Bowl for real. Justin Herbert is not chasing a Super Bowl. <laughs> Justin Fields doesn't wouldn't know what to do with the Super Bowl if it bit him in the leg. I mean, it just it blows my mind that we're, we're offering praise, heaping praise on these nobodies, quarterbacks across the league. Yes, they're saying nice things about Josh Allen. It, it is an understatement compared to what he's able to do on the field as an individual and for our team and franchise. So my grievance is just the the uh, hand-holding they're doing for these quarterbacks that are that are nobodies is just maddening. So that is my, my grievance. That's pretty good. Chris, I'll give him that. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. If I if I have to hear one more thing about, hey, let's do a 20 minute dissertation on Tua or Herbert or what? Hey, guess who's not in the fucking conference league? <laughs> None of these guys. Stop talking about it, Chris. The floor is yours. It's probably the Vikings game <laughs> and the way that turned out because that was the first game of the year I didn't go to, and I'm at work and I roll back into the, our break room with about a minute and a half to go in the game. And I'm like, well, I'll just see this thing through. And then I ended up being in there for like 40 minutes because it went to overtime, and I got backed up at work for you, pro probably like a good hour, hour and a half. Did on. you ever just yell at the top of your lungs while you're at work? Just be like, no. Fucking take a snap! <laughs> but some of us were in the break room, and, and I... I did uh, throw out my inner Drew gear because I told people I was going to flip a table. <laughs> <laughs> but on the, on that game, 
I mean, I just got to... I don't know what you have in your... uh, in the list that people gave you, mm-hmm. but I have one, and it's probably going to be the. Uh, I got to find it. I just had it. Yeah, I'm gonna, it's from Jason Hicksonbaugh down in Georgia, the Georgia Tennessee line, and his grievance was Josh Allen fumbling the ball during the Vikings game. Kind of reminds me of Nick Cannon's pullout game in 2022. That means that is <laughs> that is my. I'm not sure anything you have over there will top that for me. <laughs> so I engaged a bunch of people and asked them about their grievances. The first one comes from Bruce Nolan. All right, Buffalo uh, Rumblings content creator, podcaster extraordinaire. Obviously, he led it with wins are not a quarterback stat. Okay. He also followed it up with, very few NFL players are elite or trash. There's a bell curve. Okay. And we are not comfortable with that, and we need to be. That's actually pretty fair, don't you think? That, that's a that's a very reasonable take, which seems out of place during Festivus, but I'll take it. Well, Isaiah McKenzie. Chris, how many times have I called him garbage? Like, I, I've, I've said I can't... Nice of you to come to my side. I can't go to his podcast. I can't go watch him do that live. Because I, I don't trust myself to have three beers and not heckle. Like, I just can't. But there again, I'm one of these people. He's talking about where he goes, okay, you're talking about Isaiah McKenzie like he's the worst thing ever. Is he unrosterable in the NFL? No. He serves a purpose. Apparently neither is Nathan Peterman, though. Because <laughs> he's well, on the Bears. Yeah. And that's the point. He's not unrosterable. He's just not a star. He's just not starter material. But that doesn't mean that he has no value. And we need to start seeing that. Bruce, I hear it. I I, I don't know how much I can put it into action, but I'm going to try. I will try, and hopefully the rest of our fan base will. Chris, if you could throw one up there, I'm going to have... Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to have you read the next one. It comes from Pat Cleary. Oh, Pat Cleary's? Yeah, you're going to read Pat Cleary's. Jesus. No, that's you, Chris. Oh, you want me? I thought you were looking no, at our... that's uh, you. Our pastor. Our chaplain. All right, here we go. Pat Cleary, my biggest grievance is simple. I expect professional podcasters like Alf Arteaga to have thicker skin. He starts the season saying he's an unbiased professional. The shit gets hot, and I come in. He blocks me. I pay the 450 to join his own hashtag OnlyFins Patreon chat. And guess what? I can't post a comment. I can only read his biased site. Shite. Shite? I don't even... Because <laughs> you can't is, read. Is that Canadian for something? Uh, he needs to answer for his bias Homer bullshit. Drew asked him how he thought McDaniel would respond to getting thumped twice. He is like, confidence is high. He is a great coach. Based on what? I expect better from pros. <laughs> getting personal what i love okay let's just take a second and embrace the lunacy that is pat cleary pat cleary trolled a guy on twitter so hard that he blocked him and then he goes no fuck you i'll give you money so that i can continue trolling (laughs) pat round of applause i think we finally found someone who's pettier than we are you are you're, you're you're my hero you really are 
Chris, keep scrolling. That brings us to Terry White. Now, I want I want Andy to read this one. Okay. The cake is made with, amongst other things, dried fruit, almonds, treckle, treckle, and brandy. Is thickly frost, thickly iced, frosted, and will keep indefinitely. I really love all the stuff that hasn't crossed the water either direction. After you mentioned a George Costanza, George Costanza for about the fiftieth time, I googled. Still no wiser. I'd say that at least half of the non-football tailgate portions of each week's of each cast is lost on me. Keep working on the other fifty percent. <laughs> I can picture Christian being otherwise engaged for this week's AFC or. Nah, we all know he'll be there. Yeah. So first of all, here's what I love. This old man is in the process of explaining to me a cake that doesn't expire and gets served with cheese. An old man from England who I love dearly, Terry White. He's he's great. His son Oliver is great. But at the same time, I, I realize after seeing that message from him, he has a bone to pick with me because his, Chris, the references we make, the cultural references here stateside mm-hmm. don't travel overseas. Not always. To anyone who hasn't seen Seinfeld, I'm going to send him that whole episode. I'm going to find it. I'm going to send it to Terry White, and he will understand what we mean when we say, "I just got out of the pool." <laughs> I got out of the pool. Yeah, he should watch that whole series. Yeah, he should get a box set. I mean, it's not his fault. He's old enough to remember when hand crank telephones were a thing. There's yeah. probably a lot he doesn't get. <laughs> Now, Eric Smeal. Eric Smeal had one of my favorites. He said, my festivist gripe is other fans trying to compare their bullshit quarterback to Josh Allen. Chris, he's the only quarterback in football history. The history of the NFL with 25 passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns for three or more seasons. You know what happened? A he's couple- not done yet. No, not, not by a long shot. You know what happened a couple weeks ago on Fox Sports? You guys are looking at me like... No, yeah. I don't know no, what happened. I don't know what happened. Fox Sports. So, uh, no, because we're intelligent. We have better things to do with our time. Hey, it came across our news feed. That's how I saw it. But it goes in line with this gripe. Nick Wright oh compared God. that Josh Allen is Davis Mills. The problem with Nick Wright is that I could show him, I could I could walk up to him and have poop in the left hand and crap in the right hand, and he will make a definitive argument that one is better than the other. Right. He. That's the problem with these bloviers. He, he's a professional troll. Yeah. Nick, Nick Wright is what Greg Thompson originally thought of you. <laughs> I thought this was a shtick. <laughs> Nick no. Wright is a shtick. No. He's the first quarterback in NFL history to win a game. Chris, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, he's the first quarterback to uh, win a game in all three Thanksgiving Day slots. Mm-hmm. He's one of just three quarterbacks with 16,000 passing yards and 2,500 rushing yards in his first five seasons. That's And that's just the box score shit. He's a lunatic. Yeah. This competitive, like a competitive drive that most quarterbacks only fantasize about when they're sitting in the sauna. And they're like, man, I'm, I'm the best. Man, I, I, I'm going to be the best. And when I get out there on that football field, man, ain't nobody going to stop. And then the pads go on. And guess what? There's a bunch of 300-pound guys who do stop you from being the best. Yeah. Ex- except for Josh Allen. Yes. Like, he is, like, it, Chris, it's a real hot rod situation. <laughs> like, Yeah. 
He's got the best arm in the NFL since Josh Elway. Size, athleticism, J- Josh Elway, John Elway. All right, God, just checking. This moonshine. Moon <laughs> uh huh. Here we go. Got size, he's got athleticism, physicality unlike any quarterback playing for any team in the NFL right now, correct? Without a doubt. Okay, they can all kiss my ass. I mean, this guy just sheer willed his way over the Dolphins. He was like, no, guess what? I don't lose to you. Not again. Chris, when do you see Tua run off for 40-plus yards on a play? Not often. Not ever? Never. I feel like, I'm not going to lie, I was about to make a short person joke. I was going to say, like, Tua is so small, like, watching him run that far would almost be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen Mac Jones throw a 30-yard pass into traffic? No. Like, in the Lions game? I've seen him throw 30-yard interceptions into traffic. Yes. I have seen that. Yes. Chris... There's a lot of talents, but none of them, almost to your earlier point, none of them will ever be Josh Allen. They couldn't hold his jock right now. Yes. So everyone shut up about it. We have the guy. Yes. (laughs) He also pointed out people who cry about the offensive coordinator every week. (laughs) That's not my fault. I'm getting better. That feels very personal. Chris, we are trying. I am trying to get better over here at the Rock Pal Report. It's just hard. Chris, we go to you. Swenson's. Yeah, Mike Swenson from Australia. And his uh, one grievance is uh, whatever you think about this COVID pandemic, it has cost him three greatest years of Buffalo Bills football in recent memory. Bills Broncos in 2019 was the last time that he flew from Australia to Buffalo for a game. It's been painfully too long. Fire the international restrictions into the sun. I shall return in 2023. Oh, and Hamlin's awful angles can be fired into the sun as well, since it's so fresh in my mind. First of all, I can't imagine what it's like to be trapped on another continent and not be able to get out. Like, they won't let you out. Okay. Or if you do leave, they won't let you back. Ever. That's crazy. It's... How long have things been open? For It's been a couple of years. A couple of years, yeah. <laughs> They're still laboring under this. I don't know what's going to happen there. I, feel, I do feel bad for him because, Chris, he's traveled here how many times? Three, or, I think three or four times. At least as long as we've known him. Now, I know he was drinking with me in my basement after that 2019 game. Yep. Against the Broncos. It was a lot of fun. And, like... I couldn't imagine not being able to see the Bills live. Yeah. During this period. Like, the last time you saw them, we were just struggling on offense. You don't get to see what I saw on Sunday. You've never gotten to see it. You've never gotten to watch Josh Allen just be the horse on the field. Just the best player. Like, that's crazy to me. And that building has to be electric. That building has to be just pure adrenaline. I can't wait for him to come back and get to see that. You're up. All right. This is from one Kyle Trimble. Festivus Grievance. The law of averages. Screw you. We finally have a team that can really win it all, and the severity and frequency of all the Bills' injuries has never been higher than this year. Math isn't supposed to work like this for the Buffalo Bills. Not when we're good. Don't get me wrong. It's great for bangedupbills.com. Shameless plug. But it's still a lot of work, and I'm tired. (laughs) Chris, the injuries this football team has sustained 
Yeah, I mean, we hate to see it, but it's been great for Kyle's website. It's yeah. doing numbers. I'll bet. For bangedupbills.com. In fact, he's been engaged by every major media platform out there, I think, at this point. I have one last grievance. It is um, it is, it's Tom Brady. And my wife keeps telling me. She keeps, like, she puts her hand on my back and, and rubs my back and says, Tom Brady, he can't hurt you anymore. I said, no, he does, though, because he's in the NFC South. And in the NFC South, you can't give away a playoff spot in that division. It Picking who's going to be the playoff representative of the AFC South is like picking the thinnest kid at fat camp. You can't do <laughs> yeah. it. It's, everyone there is equally trash and and to um to bruce nolan's point yeah you, you shouldn't you know go to the extreme of trash and elite the nfc south is is trash they're they can't win games they find ways to lose games they are uncompetitive they are uninspired and the fact that one of those guys is not going to go to the play one of those guys are going to go to the playoffs and there's a deserving afc team who isn't going to be able to is just maddening to me so um, and I'm mad at Tom Brady because why did he wait until now to suck? Why couldn't he have done this 10 years ago when the Bills really could have used it? He decides to leave the AFC East and then suck? Not cool. <laughs> I, I'm very upset about it. <laughs> so I've got grievances, a short list from Rock Power Report attorney, Mark Smith. Uh, it's, it's real quick, Chris. Yep. Hot on the button. Too many negative c- after three losses we've had, the new stadium is going to suck. We need to keep the Ralph. Too many primetime games. No Molson Ice at the Rockpile Report tailgates. And Jack fell in a well. <laughs> I like it. My son did fall in your well, Mark. I don't know what to do about that. Like, it's a thing that happened. But I do think that the piece de resistance to all of this came from our bar uh, from our the rock power report chef iman who sent me a wall i showed you both yeah a wall of text a wall and it's ridiculous uh, he starts with the price per pound for doritos <laughs> look at this he goes we're seeing levels ranging from nine dollars to 13 to 14 people bitch about big oil gouging the bigger problem is big tortilla chips sticking to us like a bad bite into a Dorito triangle tip that spikes into your gums. Want to get real crazy? Try to buy a bag of 3D Doritos. Good luck. <laughs> Keep calm and crunch on. Hell nacho. Also, keeping an eye on those flavor crystal levels. They're getting suspicious. He also goes, people who think killer whales are whales? Yeah, that's a grievance. <laughs> Zach Moss, up the middle for negative one on second and ten. Okay, now he's getting closer to the assignment. He's getting closer to the assignment. He is. But then he brings it back around going, the holiday GMC truck commercial, where the lady whistles to a puppy that clearly doesn't know her. Like, this is a brand new puppy. Where did you get this young Sheldon kid genius puppy who just understands whistles and signals from the snap? On command. He goes, the whole party's ridiculous. Also, who buys a $75,000 truck without discussing it with their spouse first? <laughs> He's got grievances out the wazoo. And he says his last one, there is no such thing as a flushable wipe. I hate everything. <laughs> Iman, you're a monster. I love how you're the quietest person that we've ever gotten drunk with. You don't rant. You don't rave. And yet you have... You have so much pent-up frustration. I love it. 
I love that you are that guy. I love that you are our guy. We love you. And Chris, this has been the perfect airing of grievances, hasn't it? It has. I feel like we've touched all the bases. Mine is that I can't stop making stupid bets. <laughs> I grieve that I cannot stop doubting our team until they inevitably prove me wrong. Hopefully they keep it rolling. Hopefully I end up owing Greg a steak. Hopefully all of this thing comes to uh, comes to fruition and the bills go on to greatness. That's the that's the real purpose of Festivus. I can't I can't express how happy I am to be able to celebrate this with all of you. I'm Drew Gear. That's Andy Parks. That's Chris Kruger. And this has been your Rock Pile Report. <laughs>